Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. conversation today because um, what we're going to talk about is something that I am like just starting to work on myself in some ways. And in other ways, I feel like I've been doing it my whole life already. So I am here today with Dr. Taryn and we're going to talk about her life. (laughs) I I think is um, something that a lot of people here will be able to relate to. So before we kind of dive into talking about homesteading and running multiple businesses, just share a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah. So, um, I graduated, uh, five years ago, I think now as a chiropractor, um, shortly after that, uh, I had my second daughter, she spent, um, six weeks in a day in the NICU and, um, I kind of completely transformed what I wanted to do. Um, as in, I went a functional medicine route. So I now am four years into my practice. Oh, wow. Which means I graduated more than five years ago, whatever that's whatever. Um, And so now I am completely virtual throughout the United States doing functional medicine. Um, I am married to an organic dairy farmer. We're all 100% grass. We're organic certified. Um, We do beef. We do um, pork with no soy, no corn. Um, We do chickens. We live off the land as much as we can. Um, So not only, you know, suggesting what people should do with their choices, but also practicing what I preach very wholeheartedly. And I love it. (laughs) How did you get started farming? Was this something that your husband was already doing before? Yes. Yep. Yep. So they used to farm in Minnesota in Jordan, Minnesota, which is South of the twin cities. Um, and then they actually relocated about 10, 11 years ago to our farm that we're now at in North central Wisconsin. So they've always been organic, um, which is wild to think about his, um, dad's dad, I believe, or maybe it was his grandfather, um, sprayed one time. It's super sick. And they've been organic ever since. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so my children, and I've shared this with you before, um, in our chats, my children, well, not all of them, not the 19 year olds, but <laughs> 11, seven and four year olds, they, they like have their hearts set on moving to a farm. And actually <clears throat> we moved from the city to the country <laughs> yeah. um, five years ago. And at that time, even my now 11 year old was like, I, I want to move to a farm and I want to have goats and I want to have cows and I want to have yeah. lots of dogs. And, <laughs> and I was like, we're like, that's a lot, first of all. And we're lucky to just be able to make the move that we're making. And now here we are five years later. And I'm like, I kind of wish that we had listened. <laughs> like maybe done that then, but um, they, I mean, it's been five years and they still want to move to a farm, but I don't think that they really understand what they would be getting into, like what the expectations are. So kind of, I mean, this sounds sort of funny, but can you just like describe what the reality is of running a practice and also living on a farm? Yeah. So what's cool is 
my husband is a handyman. You know, I can ask him to do something out of my vision. Usually he's like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. We'll do it this way. I'm like, that's fine. That's your cup of tea. (laughs) So he built my home office privately. So it's a private home office. And through this here, I basically run my office. I have a phenomenal virtual assistant. And then he does his whole dance on the farm, right? He is definitely the farmer. I help where I can, but he'll tell you that I'm not the greatest help at certain things. But um, yeah, I mean, he milks twice a day. So he's up and out milking by 630, usually every morning, um, milks for a couple hours, um, comes in, you know, eats breakfast, whatever. He's doing so many different things every day. I feel like I can't even keep up to what he's doing, but, um, we, uh, he, so then he milks later on, um, in the evening around dinner time. He's usually out milking by four thirty-five. Um, at that point, then, um, we do have some help on the farm. Now we have a, a farm hand, but definitely not full time. So realistically it's my husband and his father. Um, so my father-in-law that do the majority of the milking. So that means that, you know, when we enjoy our Monday Memorial day off, right. I mean, they're still milking, they milk Christmas, all holidays. So it's a lot, but then again, there you know, places that aren't doing dairy. The reason that it's so vigorous and and time constraint commitment wise is realistically the dairy aspect. So, um, yeah, I guess kind of in a nutshell, um, we just, there's not enough hours in the day for what needs to be done on the farm. Um, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, around five years old, we moved my parents and I, my siblings from the city to the country at that time. And we moved to a farm and I think we lived on the farm for about three years before my parents, um, separated. And my dad went back to the city and my mom and I, and my siblings stayed on the farm, but the farm wasn't really like a working farm after my dad was gone. But like, yeah, I have some like really interesting memories from yeah. growing up on the farm for those years. And like my dad butchering chickens for the first time yep. and me helping him. And like, neither of us knew what we were doing. Yeah. And my mom was like really flustered and kind of, I think they were both kind of freaked out. They were, they were just like maybe 26 years old and they had four kids and they were just trying to figure it out, you know? Right. Right. And, um, that was, yeah, that was my experience of living on a farm. So I, I feel like I had enough, I don't know, awareness, I guess at that time to realize like, this is a lot, right, right, right. <laughs> this, is like, this is a lot. And also now though, you know, I feel like, yeah, it's a lot, but it's actually how we're supposed to live. Right. So I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to diminish, you know, um, farming or, um, the necessity Right. Of growing our own food. Cause I, I feel very strongly like more now than ever, actually. Definitely. Well, even when you were talking about, um, butchering chickens, so we do meat chickens as well. Um, and our son is, he would have been eight last year and he actually helped with, um, you know, essentially cutting the heads off the chicken and in that process. And we're very vocal. I mean, they know that they'll name some of the cow of not the cows they'll name, well, they do name cows, but they'll name some of the pigs, you know, that we have. And then we talk about how, you know, this pig is going to be our dinner later on and they understand the process. And it's interesting because I have, you know, some friends that have reached out about how we do things on the farm after all those videos went on with, you know, those other farms and the issues and whatever. And, and it's interesting because 
there's this whole push for, um, you know, plant-based things, right? Because of how terrible animals are treated. But at the end of the day, it depends where you're getting your meat from, right? If it's a food lot, those animals are treated way different than what they're doing on our farm. It's realistically, they live their best life here. Um, and then eventually, you know, they, they get to their demise, but it's nothing inhumane with the process of how they're butchered and in those types of things. So, um, it's interesting. It's really interesting where we've evolved and where we've gotten to, because even right now, you know, Derek's trying to get into the field and um, plant and, and till it all up and, and do all of the farm-esque things that he does all the time. But with the price of diesel, it's it's wild. It's wild where we're at. And it's there's no point. It's not going to slow down. It's just going to get worse. So it's like, where do we go from here? Unless if we can sustain ourselves. Right. I know. I never thought that we'd be in a time where eating meat and even talking about growing your own food is right. like a political statement. hundred percent. You, you, like, we're drawing a line almost yeah. like from the start, just by even having this conversation because um, it has become so such a polarizing topic. There was something I saw on social media recently that was about how cows or um, the cattle industry is so harmful to the planet or the environment. And as someone that like you used to identify as an environmentalist, I just, I had to really take a pause. I was like, we've gotten to a place where cows are the enemy of the earth. What? Right. How does right. that even make sense? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's there, something that I'm missing, but. <laughs> right. And they're such sweet animals. I mean, it's interesting though, because some animals are put in stanchion stalls, basically. So they get milked, they get put into stanchions and that's essentially their life. Our cows live their best lives. They're out on pasture all through the spring and summer. Um, they're actually, the majority of them are pretty friendly. Um, the calves, it's pretty cool being a chiropractor in general. I've learned a lot. I'm by no means an animal chiropractor, but within the state of Wisconsin, I, I can adjust our animals. So it's super cool. We'll have calves that aren't drinking on the bottle or they're not doing great. I can adjust them. And the next day it's like a whole new calf. We'll have, honestly, it's kind of a funny joke. Um, Derek to this day, I'll say that one of his favorite cows is the reason he married me because he had this top producing cow. She had her baby and she could no longer stand. She was having issues. And he was like, you know what? You say this cow and I'll marry you one day. So you know what I did? I figured out how to adjust the cow, how to give her the mobility back. And, and I did, and she's still here milking today. And it's, it's super cool how similar cows are to women. It's, it's wild when you think about how the similarities are. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're all animals. <laughs> right, right, right. Tell me a bit more about your practice. I know that you're you're doing functional medicine and your yep. practice is virtual. Um, there are a lot of people that are wanting to shift to either all virtual or like a hybrid of online and in services. How did you even get started seeing people online? Right. So actually, when I first went into my office, I kind of had a broader gaze of, you know, Sure, I can treat people in the area, but I also can do this virtually because I can order labs and I can send panels and, you know, those types of things. The reach is wider. So after COVID, um, or I guess in the middle of COVID, when everything went virtual, we kind of said, hey, let's bring it home. Let's make it completely virtual because I was seeing both at that time. When I had transitioned, almost everybody wanted to stay virtual. It was way more convenient. That's what they wanted. So that's kind of how we stayed. So um, how I transitioned... Um, it was easier for me because I was already virtual and then I just went completely virtual. I don't know if that really answers the question. 
Yeah, yes. I think though, you know, sometimes people have like these big ideas or they, they have a vision for where they want to go. Right. And they can't see how to get from where they are to where they want to Definitely. be. And I think um sometimes it's just you gotta let go of, yeah. it, of like the yeah. it's like an, right. I think it's an internal battle too of you know always wanting to do something but kind of be stuck in stuck in that mold of not knowing where to start or where to begin. So I mean I've done with a lot, I've done with a lot of turmoil in my life. So I'm very, you know, if I'm going to do something or I set my mind to it, like the sky's the limit. Cause I'm going to make sure that it happens. Um, and thankfully I have an amazing husband that supported me throughout the entire process. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, you find your niche and, and you support it, but even going virtual, if, you know, again, you know, if you're not practicing what you're preaching, it's, it's kind of like, who's going to listen to what you have to say and, and what's going on. Right. So, um, and I can tell you, it was, it was very difficult for me to no longer be adjusting patients. I miss it so much, but it's so cool because, you know, just like you, you have a lot of great chiropractic referrals, right? There's so many great chiropractic referrals you can refer your patients to. But at the end of the day, as it turns out, there's not a ton of people like me in the realm that you're able to be able to be trusted with your patient care base. And it's not just like dollar signs, right? Because I have a huge issue with sending for the dollar sign component, right? So I think it just, you got to find your groove and what you want to work for and, and push for it. On the note of missing adjusting patients, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily miss adjusting people because I yeah. do like I adjust people. Okay, but I but I in August of 2018, after I had had my youngest, she was just about seven months old at that time. I was running two businesses and raising yep. kids, and my husband was working a full time job and a seasonal yep. job, so he was still gone a lot. Yep. Our lives were very different then than they are now. And I just, I had a moment of like kind of getting smacked over the head with reality. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. I can't keep doing all of this. Like, right. I don't have to choose. And I decided to just take some time off of practice. And now it's been almost four years. <laughs> wild. It's wild how, I, it, how it works. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not what I expected. And there's been a lot of times where I felt like am I like, is this okay? What I'm doing? Like I'm helping other people grow their practices, but I'm not practicing actively right. myself and like doing this dance all the time, you know, right. and I've got, but how could you do both? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was exactly it. And, yeah. and there have been times that people have come to me and said like, well, how many patients do you see? And I'm like, you're asking me the wrong question. Right. Right. Question right. You'll be asking me is what results are my clients? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's wild the way that you say that because my first, I was, a, I was an associate in two offices before I started my own. Um, and it was a horrible experience. My bosses were very male dominant, very stuck in their ways of, I wasn't really treated or respected as a doctor. It was kind of like, I might've well as just been, I don't know, at the front desk. It was, it was very, very bizarre. Um, and I, you know, at that point, just like you're saying, you can't do both. I was, um, in the middle of a nasty divorce. Um, and I had a nine at, or Zade would have been, oh goodness, he would have been in kindergarten. So I had a kindergartner and then I had a baby in the NICU. And at that point too, I was back in practice after an emergency C-section at four weeks. That's insane. Right. Whoa. Um, and at that point it's like, 
what the hell's best for me, right? Like what's best for my kids? I want to have this flexibility. The doc I was working with was doing 12 hour days. And I was thinking, this is insane. You went to school for all these years to build this practice and you're working 12 hour days. That's wild to me. Right. And it's just the burnout mechanism all the time. And I said, you know, I don't want to do that. I I can't do that. And I had lots of complications following that birth. And that's something that's interesting with chiropractic too, right? It's like, we think that our bodies are these never running tools and we're never going to wear out. And then something happens. And then what do you do? So it's, it's, it's having the, I don't even know if education is the right word. I mean, I guess having the back set of what else you believe in and, and where you're going to, because I've always been incredibly interested in functional medicine, but you know, the 300 hours I completed, if I wouldn't have, you know, been in the situation to have taken a leave, like you said, from work too, I don't think I would have ever been able to complete that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I hear all of that. And unfortunately, yeah. story, you know, like, having the experience that you had as an associate and being back to work four weeks after giving birth, vaginal birth, cesarean, whatever, right? Like right. That's, that's just, it's not okay, but it happens no. all the right. time. Right. Um, and, and I think at the root of it, that's a part of the reason why I do the work that I do still, even though I don't necessarily talk specifically to moms right. or about motherhood. Yeah. Um, it's like that, that, mindset that brings us back into the office at four weeks postpartum, whether it was because you wanted to, or they, they were like, right. When you back in that uh-huh. early is a symptom of the bigger issue, which is, you know, the, the hustle culture that wears right. us down ultimately in the right. Right. So, yeah. I, I'll never forget it. I was, I came back in at four weeks because obviously I was needed. And my boss at the time, he, he looked at me and he said, you know what? I practice with broken ribs and I still showed up every day. And I was thinking, oh, wow, that's right. comparable to this baby getting cut out of me. You do you buddy, you know? And at that point yeah. I was like, wow, this, this is wild to me. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing, but I mean, I was, I was thankful and fortunate that, like I said, I, I had a support system, right? I mean, I was at that point, a single mom, essentially with a baby in the NICU and my son going to kindergarten. And it was a lot, it was like life hit you. And I feel like sometimes, um, you know, everybody says everything happens for a reason. Is that true? Sure. You, you know, sometimes the environment speaks to you, the, you know, the, the universe speaks to you, right. And, and calls you in certain ways and, and having that support was, was huge. But at the end of the day, everything I've gone through, I would never have the empathy or the compassion that I do if I would have never experienced those things. So the relatability about it is huge too. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's wrap up on this. I want to hear from you kind of like, where do you see things going? What, what are your, what are the things you want to do next? I mean, you've got a lot going on already with running a farm, living on the farm, um, raising the animals and, and also practicing, taking care of your kids. That's a lot. Yeah. So what is, what's your long-term vision for what you want? Right. Um, so my long-term vision, I've always had a dream of opening a direct pay primary care um, office. So I think that would, I would love for that to be my end game. I'm sure the things that you're seeing, well, you know, not technically seeing patients, but still people you're talking to and those types of things now more than ever, we need holistic healthcare. Um, it's wild what we're doing. The infertility rates that I'm seeing are 
astronomical, the children with, you know, environmental-esque diseases going forward. Um, It's wild. So my dream would just be to continue to help as many patients as I still can and, you know, support them through that. Because a lot of the times you spend thousands of dollars and you still don't get any answers. And then you're told that basically you're crazy or, you know, maybe when you hit menopause, things will be better. Or, you know, maybe you'll just wake up tomorrow and things will be perfect and peachy because, you know, apparently you just, you know, imagine the whole thing. The worst of all, having been through infertility for many years in the past is people say, you just need to relax. Right, 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 right. Okay. Tell me about that. (laughs) You know, tell me how to relax in that regard, right? When you're not getting any information from anywhere and then you just go crazy every month when, you know, your period, it's, it's exhausting. Um, and that's something that, you know, I went through too as well. And it, like I said, the relatability component is really important. And I think that this world always just needs more of the empathy, right. Um, and not so much like how can I help you? But still, you know, is this helpful or is this hurtful? Yes. So with you, and I, I did a class yesterday. Um, and at the beginning of that class, I was talking about this exact thing, right? Like the holistic alternative, natural yeah. healthcare has never been more needed and actually mm-hmm. also more wanted. Right. Than now. I've never, I've been in healthcare for 20 years. I've never seen more people looking for Options outside of yeah. the conventional medical yeah. model. So now is our time. Like right. a huge opportunity in front of us to help more people and really start to make a dent in um the health of the planet overall. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's wild even when you know I talk about living on an organic farm, so which means we use no chemicals for literally anything. We don't use any chemicals for anything. And the amount of people that, you know, I talk to patient base wise that they grow their own garden. Right. Um, but I say, you know, what do you use on the garden? And they say, Oh, you know, we spray, we spray roundup around it or the weeds, you know? And I say, you know, that's not what you want to be doing. There's different ways you can do things. And that's not a whole lot better than what you're buying in the store. Right. So it's just the reality of the world that we're living. Um, And it's no secret that chemical usage is literally degrading everything, but, you know, money runs the world and we can just continue to support what we can do and and preach about it and be vocal. Um, But then also on the flip side, you know, get attacked for doing so, you know, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of literal death threats that I get for things that I can say or, you know, whatever it is it's wild to me, you know, it's, it's wild to attack something that you don't understand, but then take such a bold stance on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's emotion driven. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. It's not logic. It's, it's just anger. <laughs> okay. So if people want to learn more about you, about your practice, where is the best place yeah. for them to go? Yeah. So, um, Facebook, we have a huge following on Facebook. We do lots of stuff on Facebook, um, Stittleberg restorative healthcare. We also do lots of stuff on our website. Um, I guess, oh, we also, um, uh, 
two years ago, I think it was, we started um, Rib Falls Farms, which is where we sell and distribute our meat. And um, I know I talked to you about how we did maple syrup this year on a larger scale. And some people have no idea what getting raw maple syrup is. And um, my husband does honey. And I feel like there's nothing that he doesn't do. So there's lots of cool things that we show on there for people that want to see more about the farm. Um, We actually just got 75 chicks the other day. We have chickens that run around our house all the time. They're free range. Um, our house, I feel like most days is a zoo, but I think that's just the reality of living on a farm and, and doing it to the best of the animal's health, I guess, but then what we get from the animal, right? So the healthy they are, the the better health we have. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging yeah. out with me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.